Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Hey, 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 it's your boy, Drill. Ice. Hey, tonight at Christ Church Students, we're talking about the realest stuff, man. Tonight, we're talking about sports and the arts. Hey, Ice, I got a question for you, big dog. Hey, what's up, Drip? Hey, man, what kind of sports you love to play? Oh, I'm, I am I play center field. Center field, dog. That's mad respect. You a gold glove? For cricket. For cricket. Dude, mad respect. Absolutely. Uh, Drip, what kind of paintings do you like? Paintings, man. I love a little Star Night by Vincent Van Gogh. That dude is for real. For real. Hey, kick it with it. Hey, tonight, our two biggest fans, the people who make us happen, are coming out tonight to talk to you about sports in the arts. Would you give it up for Emily <laughs> Mitchell and Peyton Stamey as they make their way to the stages? <laughs> for a second, I was like, wait, I'm not Emily. This is going to be a disappointment. Oh, hey, Drake, did you have to look up who made Starry Night? Oh, I would have had to, so it's going to be good. All right, well, hey, I want to remind you where we were and what we've been doing, okay? We are in a series called Trick or Treat, and we're looking at normal things in culture. So we've looked at movies and music, we've looked at dating, and we've looked at social media, and tonight we're looking at sports and the arts. Um, And we've been asking, yeah, and we've been asking the question of, is this thing a trick or a treat for my life? And we've been landing in the middle, right? There's tricks and treats to both of it. And so we're trying to walk in wisdom when it comes to all of these things, okay? So sports and the arts tonight, I wanted to let you guys relive my past with me of sports and the arts. So I did a little bit of both. I dabbled in, uh, yeah, I dabbled in both of them. You'll probably guess which one I was better at. But so in junior high and middle school, I played softball. Sorry, none of my softball players are here tonight. Uh, but then I realized pretty quickly that I was not good at softball. Like, I could catch for in center field, but I could not hit to save my life. Um, so then I moved on to volleyball. When it was, like, time to choose, by the time I got to high school, I moved to volleyball that I had been playing in junior high because I was like, this is probably going to be a little better. So I have, there's our team. I think that was sophomore year. Funny story there, uh, we're on a train track. That's illegal, apparently. The cops came. We didn't know. Uh, And for good reason, because as soon as we moved off the tracks, a train came and almost obliterated us. So sports are dangerous. That's what I want you to hear tonight. Uh, So I played volleyball in high school. It was super fun. Um, But for the guys out there, I also loved football. I loved being in the student section and yelling. I have a pretty loud voice. Look at Emily Mitchell back there. (laughs) I just realized. Uh, and so, and then I also, I played powder puff a couple of years. Uh, I wasn't really great. I didn't know what was happening, but I could throw the football a little bit. Um, so that was fun. I loved sports though, but mostly volleyball was like where I was going to be okay at. Um, but I did some fine art things, uh, in junior high. It was like the thing, actually, I think I was, it was mandatory to be in choir. So I thought someone was back there. It scared me. Someone laughed. But I was in choir, um, and I was a soprano, so I don't know if that surprises anybody. Uh, I won't sing high for you, though. It might hurt. Uh, But then I also, like, enjoyed (laughs) being in plays. 
Um, and the one play that I like tried out for that wasn't like with a class was Pocahontas. Anyone guess what I tried out for in Pocahontas? Is it up there? Not, Miko! That's who I tried out for. Sad to say that I didn't get the part. Uh, but I wish that there was like an audition tape for Miko, because that would have been funny for all of us. Uh, said I was a little too squirrely. But then in college, I tried something else. I was like, okay, I'm not really good at choir. I'm not really feeling the play thing. Like I didn't make a raccoon role. Um, so in college, I tried rapping. And this is my rap group, maybe, yeah. That's my rap group. That's a fake beard, but it still is better than Drake's was, so. Uh, <laughs> we, we were a rapper group, squad, I don't know what you call it. We had a hit single. Uh, you can find it nowhere other than YouTube, but you have to really, really dig for it. So you can, you can look for it if you want. I can't tell you what it's called. Uh, so I tried rapping, was really good at it, but I thought I should probably focus on school, you know, not get into the rap game. I needed to graduate. So I really just stick, like the artistic, fine art side of me, I just sing like with friends, not into a real microphone or on a stage, more things like this. Yeah, a curling wand. That's actually at Drake and Andrea's wedding. So Drake, you've made it twice into the sermon, so you're welcome. <laughs> Uh, but that, that's like the artistic side of me. I wasn't really that great. I know there's a ton of people in here who are way better at theater and at bands. I can't play any type of instrument at all. So I stuck with volleyball. I played volleyball in high school. I really liked volleyball. Uh, I was a cool high schooler and I thought, man, when we get to wear our team uniforms, like I always saw the football players wearing their jerseys on Friday. And freshman year, I was like, I am so excited to wear our team uniform. But freshmen had to wear these things called blueberries that were like this fabric that was like and big and blue and puffy. So not cool, not cool at all. Um, but I loved playing volleyball. I loved being on a team. Um, I felt cool, like I belonged to something that not everyone could just walk in and play. Um, so I played volleyball in high school. Um, but I know that it's not just me. You guys are so committed to so many things in here. Like this might be a group of people that are so busy and do so many things. Like it's insane. So I know that you guys are involved in these things. Your leaders have gone and watched you and told me about how awesome you are in your plays and in your show choir events um, and on the field and on the court and also in other fields because that's what you play other sports on. But I know you guys do sports and arts, right? You guys are at least involved. Maybe if it's not your extracurricular that you do from school, you at least have a hobby that fits in here, okay? I'm not gonna name all the hobbies because there are hobbies that I don't even know are hobbies. But this applies to everyone, right? There's something that you guys do extra that you think is fun, okay? So I'm not about to stand up here in case any of you are sweating and getting nervous. I just told you that I played volleyball in high school, so I'm not gonna get up here and say, hey, go live under a rock and stop doing sports and the arts. So don't worry, I'm not gonna tell you that. But here's what I am gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you that tonight you, your identity is not in what you do, but your identity is in Christ, okay? So we're talking about trick and treat. 
We know that some of the treats of doing these things are that you get to express yourself in fun ways, you get to be athletic, or you get to have the voice of an angel, or you get to dance and choreograph dances that are just so cool. So we know, we know the good things of them, right? And we know if you read your Bible, if you open straight up to the first page, Genesis 1-1 says that God created. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The first thing we know about God is that he was creative. And so us being created in his image, we also get to be created. So it is good, it is a treat when you guys get to do these things that allow you to use your hands and your voice and your mind and your body when you're doing your cool red at moves. Bridget, wherever you are, because that's cool. Uh, but these, there you go. But these are good things. But just like everything else we've talked about, there's a treat side and there's also a trick side to them. So tonight I wanna look at three tricks that really I think in summary could be all summed up in one, but I wanna parse them out a little bit for us tonight, okay? But before we begin, uh, I wanna talk to you about Elijah Daly. Who knows Elijah Daly in here? He doesn't know I'm doing this, but I'm not embarrassing him. So don't worry, Elijah, if you're listening. Um, Elijah taught the first week over in fifth through eighth grade, and I liked something that he said about tricks and treats. This is like the definition or the idea that he gave with trick or treat, okay? He said, a trick is anything that draws us away from God's story, and a treat is anything that draws us in to God's story. And so with sports and the arts, these kind of obscure and fully loaded things, We can either choose the trick side of them, where we're walking away from God's story, or we can use the treat side, where we are drawing ourselves into what God is doing with the things that we we enjoy, the things that we uh, are good at, the things that we like to do with other people. So that's what I want us to think about with trick and treat, but I want to look at three tricks tonight. Okay, the first one is idolatry. I know. It's a big word, it's a Bible word, it's a church word. But when we think about idolatry, I want you to think about it being that thing, whatever it is for you, maybe it's a couple things, but that thing that for you is loved more, enjoyed more, desired more, thought of more than God. That's idolatry, right? Replacing the creator with something that's created by man that doesn't save doesn't give you a purpose, doesn't give you really anything worth value that's not fleeting, okay? The first trick, sports and arts can trick us into idolatry because here's what happened. I, over the last couple of weeks, asked a couple of you in here, a pretty good group from all different schools around the area who are involved in different things, football, baseball, choir, theater, swimming. I asked you guys to tell me what does a week in your life look like? Some of you were very thorough. Thank you for telling me you eat Captain Crunch every morning. That is delicious. But I wanted to see what does, a, what does a high schooler who's sitting out here, what does their week look like? And did my own research study. So Barna, just kidding. You probably don't know what Barna is. Uh, it's a research company. I did my own research. On average, you guys, on average, spend three hours, that's six, three hours a day practicing your craft. Now that's either playing it, actually involved in the game or the concert or the, the march, the marching band, or practicing for it. And that's aside from the fact that you have to go to school for at least eight hours a day. 
Plus, about, it looked like about two hours a day you guys were spending doing homework. If you add that up, I'm not good at math, but I added it up, that's 13 hours that you're doing something a day. And again, these things aren't bad, right? School isn't bad. Doing your homework is not bad. It's bad if you don't do your homework. And practicing your craft is not bad. But I also looked up that on average, a regular American is awake for like 16 hours a day. So that leaves like three hours for you to do everything else, to eat, to shower, to hang out with your friends, to work, to say hi to these two people that live in your house that love you so much that they're called mom and dad. <laughs> three hours. Now some of you stay up later and that's fine. But here's the trick. It's not bad to fill your time with things, but it can be tricky when you're pushing things away again. Like, oh, I can't go to D group again because I'm just so busy and I just want to rest. When you begin pushing the things away that God is inviting you to do within his story because you've spent so much time on your craft. And I'm not talking about school. Like, you can't just stop going to school. <laughs> but those three hours a day, they can become idols, right? Because you spend so much time. You're so consumed with them. So that's the trick to be aware of. For some of you, that's a trick that you're dealing with right now. For others of you, you're like, no, I have it in check. I'm good. Okay, trick number two, purpose. It's like this, this fancy word for what you do and why you do it, right? Uh, I hear this a lot from people, and I said it too growing up of like, I was made for this. Like I say it about like a coffee. I'm like, I was made to drink this pumpkin spice latte right now. No, I wasn't. Or I hear you guys say, like, I was made to play this. I was made to perform here. But I don't see that anywhere in Scripture, actually, that you were made to play softball. Instead, the purpose that I see for all of us in Scripture is that we were created, you know the verse in Ephesians, in Christ Jesus to do good works. Our purpose is not to do sports in the arts, that's not what we were created for. God wasn't like, I'm going to make you, Aaron, to do, what did you play? Basketball. You played basketball. But instead he's like, I created you to bring glory to me. And not in a selfish way, but to become a part of the story that I'm weaving throughout all of eternity. I created you to bring glory to me. And so the trick of sports and the arts with our purpose is that sometimes we think, I'm doing this, like it's my purpose, it's what I was made for to do this, and the trick becomes, everyone look at me. And you don't even mean to. I know that you don't mean to. I didn't mean to in high school either. I was like, man, there's so many people that I can hang out with on the volleyball team that don't know the Lord, and I can invite them to come sit with me at church and come to D group and hang out with Maggie Shade. But then I got tricked because I didn't pay attention at to how that started getting into my head of, hey, I am a good outside hitter. And guys, do you wanna go get Sonic afterwards? And then we're just talking about the game all over again. I got tricked by bringing glory to myself and not to God. That's not your purpose. Your purpose is to bring glory to God and walk with him in this story that he's writing throughout creation. So maybe, that, maybe that's the trick. Maybe that's what you're getting tricked with right now. But if not, the third one that I think really can encapsulate everything is identity, right? There is this, I don't know if people think it's a myth, but I think it's a myth in our culture that you are what you do, right? 
I told you, you're not what you do. Your identity is in Christ. But everywhere you look, you're going to be like, hey, you are what you do, right? You're only as good as your best success. You're only as good as, like, how many points you make. You're only as good as how many perfect notes you make. You're only as good as how involved you are. But it's not true, right? Your identity is not the sport that you play. Your identity is not the chair that you set in for band. Your identity is not how well you do your choreography. I must say choreographed. Your identity is in Christ. And so Paul, he's, he writes this letter. He writes a lot of letters. But in Colossians 3, he's writing a letter to this church. And for the theme of it, it's, he's saying like, hey, Jesus is sovereign over everything. He's reminding them. He's not really telling them like, hey, you're loco and you don't know what's going on. But he's reminding them that like Jesus is better than everything. And as someone that has died to their self and died to their flesh, he says in chapter 2, you are made alive in Jesus. And then the famous verse that you probably know, Colossians 3.17, says that in whatever you do, word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. He reminds them that whatever you're doing, it's to bring glory to God. Whatever you're doing, it's not to make a name for yourself, but it's because you were created as a child in God's perfect image, invited to join this story that he's writing and that's your identity, that you are God's child. And then you get to do these things out of that. But those things are not who you are, it's your identity. And he goes, I want to read uh, Colossians 3.17 to you in the message. I wrote it down because I don't have a message Bible. But I like what it says, so I'm going to read it, okay? It says, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other, and none of this going off and doing your own thing. Cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using common sense. And sing, sing your hearts out to the Lord. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever be done in the name of the Lord, thanking God every step of the way. Paul, I like, I like how Eugene Peterson puts it. He's like, keep in step with the word and let thankfulness be your song right? He reminds them who they are, who they were created in the identity of, and it's not of their works, it's not of the sports they play, of the ways that they vocally make beautiful music or with their breath make beautiful music with an instrument, but their identity was in Christ. And so I want to remind you that the trick of these things pushes us away from the story that God is inviting us to have a part in. And the treat of these things is drawing us into the part of the story that God is writing. So back to high school for me, um, I began finding my identity in volleyball and I wasn't even like that good. Like there are people in here that are way better at volleyball than I was. But I thought, man, this is cool that I'm known for something. It's cool that I'm a part of this group of people. And my friends who were in show choir and band and theater, they thought the same thing. They're like, man, we have this family, this clique. But the difference was when I went to the Dominican last year, I was with a lady named Trista Hauser. She was like, you know what's weird? You talk to people in the Dominican, and you're like, hey, tell me about yourself. And they're like, well, hi, my name is Isaias, and this is my family. And they tell where they came from. 
he says isn't like, well, hey, I'm a pastor. I pastor a church of this many people. But here in our culture, it's really hard to get away from that. It's like, hey, I'm Peyton, and I work here. I do this. But, and that's what it was for volleyball. I was like, hey, I'm Peyton. I'm a volleyball player. That's how I introduced myself to people in high school. And I was like, that is not even who I am. So my senior year came, and I, the people that I wanted to tell, like talk to him about Jesus with, uh, there was no fruit of the Spirit in my life. I was not joyful. I was not patient. I was not kind. The words I was saying were not full of goodness. And I was like, what am I doing? And so I quit. And I hate quitting, but I quit. And it was hard. And I had major FOMO every time, like, the team got together. I saw him walking down the hall. And I was like, man, is that the right choice? But the thing that I actually, the thing that I was like, okay, my identity is in Christ. And the thing that I thought I was actually purposed for to bring him glory, I decided I wanted to do student ministry. I got to spend my time doing that. So I'm not telling you to quit your sport, to quit choir, to quit theater. But I am asking you to think about these tricks. Be aware of them. Remind yourself of them. And ask yourself, am I finding my identity in this? Do I think that my purpose is only to do this in life? Because here's the deal. High school ends. And that might not follow you. Ask the question of, am I idolizing this? Am I putting this in the, in the category of most important in my life? And if you are, maybe have a really serious conversation. But my friends are going to put up three questions one at a time on here. And what I want you to do is sit silently. Don't bug your neighbor. Don't sing and dance. But I want you to just reflect on these questions with yourself. Just you and God right now. These things, sports and the arts, get tricky when you forget who you are and why you're doing what you're doing, why you're doing the thing. So tonight before you leave, we're going to still sing and we're going to have a bunch of fun. But before you leave, my friends are going to be at these tables and handing you out bookmarks. These bookmarks have scripture that say who we are as children of God, as people of God. And the challenge I'm going to challenge you with is really quite simple. But it can be really profound and good if you do it. I want you to just set a reminder. Don't know what that was. Set a reminder. And for 30 minutes, 30 straight minutes, at least once a week, I want you to just look at that bookmark, 
read the scriptures that are under it, and be reminded, or maybe for the first time, see who you are in Christ. See what God has said over you before you were even walking on the earth. And be reminded, because that is when these things can be treats. When you know who you are and when you know why you're doing what you're doing. And it's not because everyone look at me and it's not because this makes me who I am, but because you get to freely do these things that are enjoyable and creative because you're not what you do. That's not your identity. Your identity is in Christ. Let's keep singing. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.